Does anybody remember Kmart? Wait, am I even, am I saying this right? This world is a strange one. Kmart was yet another Walmart Target ripoff back in the day. My brother even worked there for a time before they began to shut down. He had the time of his life there, just chilling in the lounge during work hours because there were never any customers. Besides, everyone knew if you wanted something from Kmart, you just took it. Well, in honor of the few Kmarts that still lurk out there, let's look at some allegedly true stories that show how creepy and life-threatening it could be to go inside a Kmart. But first, an important message. This episode is dedicated to Dan McWilliams, the glorious man who wouldn't let me refund him on Patreon due to shipping problems. So thank you, Dan. Don't stop being a Danimal. Anyway, prepare yourself for these Kmart horror stories. Number one, Creep with a Cane, submitted by Brie Nicaron. For context, I'm female, and when this happened, I was in my late 20s. I was living in Pennsylvania, where the occasional Kmart can still be found. When the weather gets warm, I'm fond of wearing ankle-length flowy skirts, more or less every day. It makes walking upstairs with bags of groceries a little tricky, but it's worth it for the nice, gentle breeze the garment picks up every once in a while and the silhouette it creates. I usually wear leggings or shorts underneath, simply for the sake of comfort. And on this particular day, I was very glad that I did. I'd popped over to the local Kmart for some storage bins to help with my latest cleaning project because yet another one of my crafting hobbies was beginning to get out of hand and a bit of organization was sorely needed. This store had been remodeled since the last time I'd been there, so I had to do a bit of wandering to find what I needed. As I meandered through the housewares section, I soon noticed an older man with a cane, maybe in his late 60s, who seemed to appear in every other aisle I went down. Now this didn't strike me as odd, since the layout of the place was a little strange. If you didn't know right where something was, you would have to wander around for a little while to find it. Besides, plenty of folks go to these stores just to browse, others to just kill time. Anyway, I did keep an eye on the old man, as is my habit for any public place, but for the most part, I was still very focused on finding those bins. I finally found the display in a sort of cul-de-sac aisle near the front of the store. Picture an open rectangle with some displays in the middle and the bins on the long side with two shorter perpendicular aisles on either side. I started price checking and comparing sizes, trying to decide what I would need to get my closet back in a coherent order. I then heard someone at the other end of the long aisle and glanced over to see the same old man Kane propped against his leg. He was examining some random kitchenware. He still hadn't picked up any items to purchase, but I didn't think anything of it at the time. So I went back to pricing bins, crouching down to get a look at some larger ones on a lower shelf, wondering if it was more prudent to get a large one that would leave more room for future storage, or to get something smaller and pare down my yarn habit before it got out of control further. If you're a knitter or crocheter, you know what I'm talking about. 
I was so intent on my planning that I didn't realize I had company until I felt something flicking at my skirt. I turned to see the old man trying to pull up the hem of my long skirt with the end of his cane. I stood up and backed away, fuming. I demanded to know what the heck he thought he was doing. No fair, he said, having the gall to look affronted as if I was the one doing something rude. You're wearing pants underneath. You were trying to lift up my skirt. I basically screamed at him. You don't even know me, and you have the gall to be offended that I'm wearing pants. I was dumbfounded, and I was beyond angry. Well, of course, was the reply. I wanted to see your legs. It's not that big of a deal. I bet they're nice. He gave me what I guess was supposed to be some sort of ingratiating smile but I was not about to be mollified, especially since he was trying to pick up my skirt with his freaking cane. I took a step back, out of his reach. My legs aren't yours to look at. Now, that's just rude. Come on, honey, stop making such a big fuss and show me those pretty little legs, hmm? He jabbed his cane in my direction again. I was absolutely speechless for a few seconds, too furious to even think straight. I'm a shy and fairly quiet person most of the time, but I don't take kindly to being harassed, and when my blood is up, I tend to explode, and that's pretty much what happened. I looked him dead in the face, and I began yelling. You have two seconds to get the heck away from me, before I take that cane and make you into a popsicle. In retrospect, it was neither the most respectful nor the most PC thing to say, but he was trying to touch me and I was too angry to care, and it had the desired effect. The old creepy man began spluttering and a red-vested store associate came jogging over to ask what the problem was. Old man creepy tried babbling something about me being a very rude young lady but I spoke over him. I'm rude? You're the one trying to pull up a stranger's skirt to look at her legs, you creep. The store associate was very flustered, clearly not sure how to handle this situation, and as much as I wanted to hang the creeper out to dry, I wasn't keen on making an innocent employee's day ruined because of it, so I dialed it back a few notches and stopped yelling. Old man creepy kept maintaining that he hadn't done anything wrong, but the manager who was quickly summoned to deal with the matter did not see it his way. In the end, the creeper was escorted out and I left shortly after, still fuming and so shaken up that I was halfway home before I remembered that I hadn't actually bought the bins I'd gone to Kmart for in the first place. I went back the next day and picked up what I needed. Fortunately, I did not see old man creepy or the associate who'd had to deal with the whole thing and my screaming rage fit. Still, I've been avoiding the store for months, just in case. Number two, The Haunted Kmart, submitted by Melissa M. I began working at my local Kmart in 2011 due to financial difficulties I was having. Not being able to find work in my chosen field, I filled out an application 
To my surprise, I was hired for the upcoming holiday season. I was not the typical new hire. I came with some retail experience. Let's just say that I was probably as old as the building at the time, considering mom used to bring us kids shopping there in the late 1970s. I had my share of paranormal experiences in that store for the duration of my employment. For the sake of keeping this short, I will only highlight the three most memorable. My first few weeks on the job were pretty uneventful. I found the work atmosphere to be pleasant enough, and when it wasn't, I simply avoided those coworkers who tended to be more difficult. Even my work duties were relatively simple once I got the hang of them. While in training, I focused mainly on customer service and merchandising, but then I was promoted to backroom locator. Being the backroom locator, I was responsible for picking from a list of any items that were needed on the shelves that day. I was to put excess merchandise away in its designated location. I'd say the most difficult part for me was the lighting in the back rooms. The lighting was never bright enough. It seemed to always be dim and drab, making it almost impossible to read the pick lists, not to mention sometimes the bulbs would flicker on and off, which I chalked up to bad bulbs at the time. The other thing that took some getting used to was navigating the many different stock rooms. There were three huge warehouse type stock rooms, and then there were tiny rooms hidden in out of the way locations. Once I got used to the store layout and where items were supposed to go, it was a breeze to do my job. One evening, I was assigned to pick items from the pantry stock room, which also housed toys and sporting goods. This was one of those larger rooms with no windows and bad lighting. There was just one emergency exit leading behind the building and the swinging doors leading out to the cells floor. I was back there for a couple of hours by myself, picking. As I worked, an eerie feeling kept creeping up on me. At first, I thought I was imagining it, but I couldn't seem to shake the feeling that I was not alone in that dark room. Every now and then, I detected sounds coming from up above me, sounds that seemed to be coming from a loft area where bicycles were stored. It sounded like several people were whispering all at once in conversation, like they wanted to be quiet, but they wanted to be heard as well. I would occasionally steal glances upward, fear building within me as I anticipated every moment that I would see something that I really didn't want to see. The longer I lingered there, the more uneasy I became. I was torn between wanting to get my job done, thinking it was just my imagination, and just wanting to run out of that room, screaming. As the long, long minutes passed, I decided that I was finished picking, no matter what the manager had to say about it. And here's where being an experienced, confident adult comes in handy. I went directly to the manager on duty and I told her I was done working in that stock room, that I was not going back in there again for the rest of the night. I didn't mention my experience. She simply said, okay, and sent me off to do other things on the sales floor. Skip on over to Thanksgiving night a year later. That's when I had my next experience. I was responsible for customer service in and around the sporting goods section and automotive. This area was unusually slow in terms of customer traffic because it was later in the evening, around 8 p.m. 
In anticipation of Black Friday, most of the customers were already heading home so they could get an early start the next day. There was one other worker in the area and he was busy zoning the last aisle in automotive. I found some items on a shelf nearby in the sporting goods that did not fit their proper location. So I took them to the pantry stockroom to backroom locate them. Just as I was pushing through the swinging doors, I very clearly heard someone say my name. It was clear as a bell in a normal tone of voice. I turned around, expecting to see my coworker or anyone, but there was no one there. I looked down to the next aisle and I still found nobody. I kept checking the aisles and still no one. I checked the entire area and I was the only person there but I know that I heard my name very distinctly, very close by. There was no way that anyone could have walked away or even run away from me that quickly. I found my coworker next to the pantry stockroom and asked if he had called for me. He said that he hadn't said a word. At this point, I was so creeped out and confused that I decided I would steer clear of that room for the rest of the night. Well, my final and scariest experience in Kmart occurred the following year during the Christmas season. I had volunteered to work an overnight crew to unload freight and place it on the sales floor. There were no customers or managers present. We were a crew of about six people, including the key holder, who was responsible for locking us in and making sure we got the work done. The shift began at 10 p.m. and it would end at six in the morning. Everything was going fine for the first couple of hours Everyone worked as a team in the same general area of the store because it made the merchandising go quicker. It was well after midnight when I had to take a load of cardboard back to the baler, which was located in the receiving area. This was another large room which had bad lighting. The cardboard baler was located on one of the far ends of this back room. Beyond that was the trash room, which was by far the most awful, as well as a dead end. Above receiving was another large storage room accessible by narrow stairs. On the other side above the trash room was a loft used for storing excess infant merchandise like playpins and cribs. I wheeled my cardboard back to the baler just as I had done a hundred times before during the course of my employment there. I don't know what came over me, but I suddenly felt unable to take another step in that direction. I was about halfway to the baler when I was enveloped in a kind of fear and terror that I didn't understand. Where was this feeling coming from? It was like the same uneasy feeling I had had in the pantry stockroom, but a hundred times worse. Thinking that I was making things up again, I had to talk myself into walking the remaining steps to the baler. I threw the cardboard in as quickly as possible and I willed the flatbed back onto the sales floor where I finally felt relieved. Since I did not want to appear like an idiot in front of my coworkers that night, I made no mention of what happened to me by the bailer. I was the new person on the overnight crew and I didn't want to foist my work on anyone else either. So I made several more trips to the bailer that night, all the while trying to overcome the panic I felt every time I got close to it. It was like flipping a switch. I would feel normal and then I suddenly felt like my life was in danger. At some point during the night, I also had to take some trash to the trash room, which was just beyond the baler. 
I told myself that I was going to walk in as quickly and nonchalantly as possible, just dump it and then leave the area right away. As I was walking away from the trash room, I heard footsteps coming up from behind me. This was impossible because there was only one way into the trash room. It was a dead end and I was the only one in there. I panicked and I began to walk faster and faster, but the footsteps followed suit, coming up behind me quickly and loudly as I walked. But every time I looked behind me, there was no one there, yet the footsteps were right there. I practically ran out onto the sales floor where I met up with a coworker who was on her way to the baler with cardboard. I took a chance and I told her what had just happened to me because I could no longer keep my fear and uneasiness to myself. I wasn't expecting the words she was about to say. She said to me, well, you know what happened to Alec, don't you? Alec was one of our overnight floor cleaners. I began to shake. No, what happened? She answered me. He quit. Do you know why? I was confused because I knew I hadn't heard from him in a while, but I hadn't heard anything from anyone else just yet. She told me the story. He quit very suddenly in a panic one day. He was working a night shift, saying that he had seen something in the baby loft, the storage room just above the trash room. He said that it all started when he began to hear the whispers. Then he heard footsteps. He tried to avoid going back there as much as he possibly could. But the last time he went back is when he saw something in the loft. When she told me this, I felt relieved and horrified. So I wasn't imagining things. There was something back there, perhaps more than one something haunting this Kmart. And each time I worked in specific areas of the store, the uncomfortable feeling of dread was not my mind playing tricks on me. For the rest of the night, I made sure I didn't go to the baler alone. I don't think I could have handled seeing something like Alec did. That was the last overnight crew I ever worked with in the store. And beyond that, I always made sure to get all my trash and cardboard thrown away while there were people still in the store with other coworkers nearby. Knowing that there was definitely something back there, it made it easier to cope with the feelings I often got, and I learned which areas to avoid. I left Kmart not long after, and within a year, that particular store closed its doors due to an expired lease. Nowadays, when I drive by that still abandoned store, I always think about the ghosts inside, and I wonder how they feel, all alone in a dark, empty building. This episode is sponsored by The Dead Files from Travel Channel. If you're listening to anything on the EerieCast network, odds are you love ghost stories. That's why I think you'll love The Dead Files from Travel Channel. Join hosts Amy Allen and Steve Deshavi as they investigate paranormal activity haunting real people and homes across the US each host offers a unique and exciting perspective for every case. Amy is a medium, seeing and speaking to those who are no longer in the world of the living. And Steve is a retired homicide detective who uses public records and witness testimony to piece together the history of the haunted location. 
Each episode of The Dead Files features a different, real haunting to possibly help the family struggling with its effects. One episode on Falconer, New York, deals with a family who keeps waking up with scratches and bruises. They frequently witness a shadow figure lurking around their home. Amy and Steve receive their call and investigate, with Amy using her strength as a medium to understand who the presence is coming from and why it's so angry while Steve, separately, researches the history of the home, only to discover several previous residents who lived at the home died, confirming Amy's own findings. After their investigation, Amy and Steve must conclude with whether the house is safe to remain in, or if it's time to get out. I really love the deferring perspectives and skill sets between the two hosts, and I think that's why The Dead Files is a must-listen podcast for any fan of the paranormal and supernatural. Listen to The Dead Files wherever you get your podcasts. Number 3. The Creepy Worker at Kmart Submitted by Mike This story happened about a year ago to me and a couple of friends. For a bit of background, my friends Matt and Megan lived in a golfing community Next to my friend Megan's house was a path that went down a hill and over a creek into the back parking lot of a Kmart. Matt and I were at Megan's house with a couple of other friends and we were playing manhunt. We eventually got hungry and we decided to go to the Little Caesars in the Kmart down the hill. On the way down, we ran into a guy at the garage in the back of the Kmart. He stood there and stared us down with this angry look as we went on our way in. We thought it was a little weird, but we went inside and got our pizza anyway. After we picked up the pizza, we were heading out of the Kmart when Matt and I wanted something to drink, so we ran back in and got a six pack of Mountain Dew. By then it was getting dark, and my friend and I are walking back to the path when we hear someone go, hey, where are you kids heading? We turn around to see the same man from earlier standing next to a shabby pickup truck. We told him we lived at the top of the hill and he just grunted and turned around. As we went into the woods, I began to hear crunching behind us and I tell Matt to stop and listen. Matt, being the dummy he was, yelled, Megan, I know it's you. Then he walked towards the sound. Then I hear what still scares me to this day. It's my friend Megan and all my other friends back up at the house, calling our names from the opposite direction. Matt turns his head as well. He's got a look on his face, an expression like, I shouldn't have done this. He didn't take another step towards the noise, but it was too late. A thick and hairy arm came out of nowhere and grabbed Matt by the collar of his shirt. I scream, and so does Matt. Luckily, in the blink of an eye, Matt wiggles out of his shirt and we bolted out of there, trying to make it back to the house as fast as possible. And all the way, we hear the crunching in the leaves behind us, the sound of some stranger trying to get to us. In the end, it was a creepy and quick experience. But during that split second, if Matt had never thought about wiggling out of his shirt, I don't think he'd still be with me today. Number four, the layaway ghost. 
submitted by Kmart Intern. I've worked in a Kmart pharmacy as an intern for about a year and a half now. I remember working one day and the technicians and pharmacists were talking about something. When I first heard it, I wasn't sure if I heard it correctly because they were apparently talking about the layaway ghost. I've never personally experienced this entity, but one of our technicians worked out on the floor before moving back into the pharmacy and they have several stories. First, the layaway ghost is apparently an older man in a white shirt and red vest. Back in the day, employees wore those red vests, similar to those worn by Walmart employees these days in some stores. And they call him the layaway ghost because most employees have experienced him back in that area. I haven't been able to find any news of any deaths in the store, so I'm not sure how the poor guy got stuck in a Kmart for his afterlife, but that's a different story. The first story my coworker told me was of a time when the store was really slow. It was Kmart after all. She was working the customer service desk with another worker. The anti-theft alarms began blaring in unison all of a sudden, and the automatic doors began to open and close on their own repeatedly. All of this happened and no one was around to make it happen. On another occasion, two workers went to the upper level of receiving because they were hearing things going on up there, some sort of racket. When they arrived upstairs, they were pelted with boxes and the room was trashed. The workers were instantly scared and had to come back later after calming down. They said that whatever was up there, they felt that it wanted to hurt them. They sent security up there before they went back and while the room was trashed, no one had been up there. They knew this because they even checked the security footage and saw the room being trashed and boxes being thrown but no one was there to cause the chaos. And finally, just last week, my coworker was back and receiving and walking down the stairs. When she reached the midway point of the stairs, she suddenly heard a loud thump, like someone was jumping in the room upstairs. She called out to a coworker telling him to stop messing around. When there was no response, she called up again, but still no one answered. She went back upstairs only to find that the room was empty. She began to go back downstairs and again at the midway point, she heard the loud thumping continue. Suddenly, the room, an unconditioned room in August, was ice cold. Her instincts told her to run, and as she did, she heard the thumping get louder, and then it began to pursue her until the thumping noise was just behind her. The most interesting bit, though, are the windows. Up in receiving, there are tiny windows where you can see the entire store. I like to think the layaway ghost spends his time creeping on everyone, trying to find an unsuspecting victim. Overall, or so far, he seems harmless. The only one of these stories that sounds like it had any physical damage was the box throwing, and even still, no one got hurt. Most other weird encounters just involve merchandise or chairs moving or doors opening and alarms going off without cause. One thing's for sure though, you won't catch me hanging around the layaway area. And number five, Kmart Stalker, 
submitted by Shanna B. This story is about my stepsister. She's a really pretty skinny blonde. She's usually pretty sassy too, but she's not so educated. I guess what I'm trying to say is she's not stupid, but she's not book smart. She's about 21 years old and her name is Jenny. Her mother started dating my dad four years ago and they've been engaged for three years now. I only see Jenny occasionally because she has her own child now. I'm not really proud on how she's been living her life, but I'm not gonna question it. Jenny means a lot to me. So when I heard about this experience, I kind of flipped out. Well, she works at Kmart and this only happened about two or three days ago. She's still easily paranoid being around men now. After this happened, she told her mother first, and when she was finally ready, she told the rest of us. For a 13-year-old, I was pretty shocked. I've lost a lot of family members, and I almost lost Jenny, apparently. Even if we aren't blood-related, I felt bad. She was normally working and putting everything together and organizing supplies. She soon met a guy that looked pretty old, but nice. He told her to call him John. Ginny thought John was just being lonely, so she ignored how weird he acted around her most of the time when he came in the store. Now, if you've ever worked in a Kmart, you would know that the schedules for the employees is open to other employees for some reason. I don't know if other Kmarts do it, but ours does. Ginny was walking down to the stock room the stock room was dark and quiet. Ginny didn't mind though and continued to walk down the stairs, but once she reached the bottom, someone or something had gotten her head in a lock and pushed her up against the wall. The assailant had her in a tight hold, then turned her around forcibly so she could see who it was. It was John. He had a malicious look on his wrinkly face Ginny just screamed, kicked and scratched, and even tried to bite him, but it didn't seem to affect the man whatsoever. It didn't seem to even phase him. John kept hitting her and telling her to just shut up. With his hands on her, she screamed louder. She was crying more than she ever had, and she thought she was going to die. But then her employee communicator beeped, and she got an idea. She grabbed onto the communicator and yelled into it. This was what saved her life. This wasn't some walkie-talkie communicator. This device went through the intercom, so she had just screamed for help through the intercom through the whole store. John noticed what she had just did. It made him so angry that he grabbed her by the throat and choked her until Jenny passed out. She woke up an unknown amount of time later with her coworkers at her side. When she was telling me this story, her face was pale and emotionless, and to see her like that, I was terrified. We could have lost her, and we couldn't have done anything about it. There was no warning or rhyme or reason to what John did. He basically came out of nowhere and nearly took our loved one from us. If anything, keep your families close, even friends, because you don't know nor will you predict what kind of sick world we're living in right now. Anything can happen at any time. (laughs) 
Working as a cashier at a superstore is bad enough. The customers are the worst, always thinking of you as the trash of the earth. I mean, how dare you try to make a living, right? But then there are those people that use Kmart as nothing more than a hunting ground, a place to spot their next victims. And who knows, maybe the Kmart you work at is haunted. So if you work there or shop there at one of the remaining Kmart locations, watch out. Someone might be shopping for you. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to send me your own scary stories at darknessprevails.org. Thank you. This one was for you, Dan. Also, a huge thanks goes out to my newest patrons. They are Ness Cretro and Lisa Red. Thank you both so much for going out of your way to help this channel. Anyway, for all of you who are listening, stay safe out there and stay creepy. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.